Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast night on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard this inspirational flight with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, Mr. Man of Purpose himself, your host, J.R. Thicklin.
And this is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and welcome to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, uh, where we're so glad that you've joined us here tonight on Soul of America Radio. I do apologize for any technical delays that was there, uh, just trying to get the signal there between myself and the studio, and um, and I'm not exactly sure that I'm on, but I'm going to carry on as if I am on, uh, because of the fact uh, that's what we do every Monday night right here on Soul of America Radio. Once again, this is Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so glad that you've joined us on tonight. Tonight, we, as always, are talking about issues uh, that is related to uh, hope and healing, and mainly as we discuss uh, being, if you would, healed and, and the hope that needs to be restored from those that have suffered at the hands of abuse, those that have experienced not only abuse in their own lives, but it's, uh, those that may be family members or Related to those that have experienced abuse, and tonight we're going to have a very good show for you. The show is going to be, I think, very interesting in terms of what we're dealing with on tonight. On uh, tonight, we're going to be dealing with a very, very uh, heavy subject. I would like to think it is is tonight because we want to deal. And I know that someone might say that when you dealt with something similar a few weeks ago, but I want to talk to you tonight, and I want to kind of get your opinion about. Where is the relevancy of the church when it comes to issues of domestic violence? Can they be allies, or have they been more uh, since adversaries inside of uh, dealing with this situation? And, and tonight, I'm not here to indict anyone. Uh, I, I'm not here to indict anyone. Uh, I'm just simply here to put it out. Uh, I want you to know that I want to know uh, – your experience, if you uh, have ever dealt with the issue of domestic violence in the church, uh, if you've ever dealt with the church itself, uh, going through the situation of uh, advising someone in domestic violence, uh, I just want to know whether or not uh, you yourself have dealt with it, and, and what was the role of the church when you dealt with it? Uh, was it something that you turned to your faith leaders? Uh, was it something that you discussed with them? Uh, was it something that you even felt comfortable uh, even in saying. And so if you did, I want to hear from you tonight in just a little bit. We're still dealing with some technical difficulties, so uh, I want you to stay on because we're going to keep on working through it until we know that we're completely up and going. For those of you that are listening uh, by uh, the Internet, you're there right there on uh, www.soulofamericaradio.com, and I thank you for listening. For those of you that may be listening tonight by way of telephone you're listening by uh the number area code 323-784-9638 that's area code 323-784-9638 and uh we're so glad to be on with you tonight and uh tonight i want to and I, i'm going to get there we're still from this point here and i'm just trying to get through the technical difficulties where we are right now because when we can get through the te- technical difficulties everything else will work itself out in terms of that but the great thing about it is that i have you and if I have you out there and you're listening tonight, I, tra- I pray and trust that this is going to be a very meaningful broadcast tonight. I want to just make it very clear as we go into this tonight, as we're dealing with the relevance of the church and the relevance of faith when it comes to the issues such as domestic violence. So many of you out there listening to me tonight, and I know that you have many questions, and I want you this to be a night that uh, if you're listening to me by way of the Internet and you're there at uh, the site, www.soulofamericaradio.com, there is a inbox. There's a message box right there that if you'd like to send me a question or if you'd like to have a comment that you would like for me to visit or not, uh, please send it right there because I really want to take our time tonight and deal with this. 
I want to just make sure that you understand my heart tonight, those of you that are listening. The reason for our discussion tonight is not to indict the church, is not to bash uh, the church of pastors, but rather it's a call. It's a call. It's a call to action. It's a call to arms. It's a call that is out there that is simply saying that we want you, we need you to be a part of this. We need you to be a part of what's going on. So uh, tonight, as we're here, and I think we're up and live now, and I'm grateful for that tonight. Uh, if you're listening in, every call 323-784-9638. Uh, if you want to have a question or comment, uh, just hit the number one on your keypad, and uh, we'll recognize that you're there, and we'll get you on the airway. But I want you tonight. As we go into this, I want to read something to you that happened in Birmingham, Alabama. Now, I'm a little partial to Alabama because that's my home state. But I'm not exactly proud of this, but but I guess it could happen anywhere in terms of uh, the situation that have occurred there. And that that article I want to uh, definitely – I definitely want to bring to your attention – uh, that occurred in a place called Glendale, Alabama, and that's right there in Jefferson County, uh, there near Birmingham and in that surrounding area. And it's a situation that happened, and, and, and so many things have happened like this, and it's really almost shameful to say that the number of things that have happened as a result of things happening. But it's a story here of a pastor there in Glendale, um, in Glendale, Alabama, and unfortunately here's the story of a pastor here who murdered his wife. Now, let me just give it to you as uh, I've read it today. It's a a story of a pastor who murdered his wife there in Glendale, and I'm going to bring that up for you in just a second um, as we deal with this story because I thought the story here was somewhat uh, very critical because it talks about the extreme points of domestic violence when we begin to see it happening. One of the things that you must understand that I am an advocate for, I'm advocate for what? I'm advocate that the church takes its rightful place when it comes to addressing issues that are practical issues, that are issues that affect people's every day. And this happened here back last month in January, but I want to just give you a little bit of what happened here in in uh, Gardendale. I said Glendale, but I'm sorry, uh, Gardendale, uh, uh, Alabama. And here's the story as it uh, is read there uh, in uh, in the Gardendale um, area of Alabama. As a matter of fact, uh, this here is directly quoted from the Gardendale uh, from the North Jefferson County paper. It says that the Gardendale pastor was charged with murder and attempted murder following shooting. The Reverend Dr. Terry Greer is charged with one count of murder and another count of attempted murder as a result of the shooting Thursday afternoon that left Greer's wife, Lisa, dead and his daughter, Susanna, injured from gunshot wounds. Greer remains in UAB Hospital Friday afternoon, but his condition has been upgraded from critical to stable, uh, according to Gardendale Police Chief Mike Walker. Now, Walker held a press conference at the Public Safety Center uh, Friday, that Friday afternoon to give updates on the case, as well as releases uh, some details of the incident. Now, this incident took place at the parsonage there at the church at Gardendale Mount Vernon United Methodist Church. The parsonage is located uh, there uh, off of Country Metal Drive in Mount Olive, near the Mount Olive Road exit on Interstate 65. And this is what was said. Walker said that Terry Greer, that the Reverend Dr. Greer shot his wife and daughter with a pistol. But Susanna, his daughter, was able to wrest the gun away from her father and flee. And Susanna then ran to a neighbor's house, who then reported the incident to the police. Terry Greer, the Dr. Greer, then stabbed himself several times in the chest and neck. Responding officers stopped Terry Greer from further injury and restrained him. 
All three were transported to UAB Hospital, where his wife, Lisa, died between 1230 and 1 a.m. that Friday morning. Of course, when Dr. Greer's release, he will be turned over to the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office, and he will face a bond of $135,000. Walker refused to speculate on the motive, but did say that his department had no history, no history of incidents with the Greer family of the address to his knowledge. Now, of course, Walker had words of condolences for uh, the daughters, uh, Susanna Grin, for the Gardendale Mount Vernon Church family. And, of course, uh, our, uh, the daughter said, our hope is that the church and community uh, uh, will support Ms. Greer during the aftermath of this tragic incident and beyond. And it's interesting there because, of course, the Bishop Deborah Wallace Padgett, the North Alabama Conference presiding bishop for the Birmingham area, area uh, offered the message on both that uh, worship services on that Sunday morning. But I said this because, in fact, uh, his story goes on to say that Terry Grip took over pastorate at Garden Mount Vernon in, in June, that's June of last year, after transferring from First Methodist Church in Decatur. They swapped pastorates uh, with the former pastor, Randy Guest, and the longtime senior pastor at Gardendale. Now, I say that because of the fact, and I want to share that today for this reason here. Uh, I want to share that because of the fact we see the issues that continue to happen. My advocation, and I advocate on the fact because I believe that we have a responsibility in the faith community, that the church should be the hospital, the trauma center. It ought to be the place where people are able to come when they're dealing with issues of abuse, of, of neglect, rape, and any of those things. And yet it's still there seem to be a dead silence when it comes to that in our society. And so when the church does not give transparency of this nature, then we find ourselves dealing with a lot more other issues that impact people from every walk of life. So I want today, as you're listening today, I want to invite you into this conversation. I want you to be a part of it, and I want you to uh, definitely lend your ear. Right on the other side of the break, what I want to do is this. I want to entertain your calls. I want to entertain the calls, especially from you, who may have experienced domestic violence or know someone that did, and they perhaps turned to the church. What happened? Was the church able to help them? What was the result of it? And what is it that you and I can do to make a difference? You're listening to Hope and Healing, Turning to Holiness. I'll see you on the other side of the break. This is J.R. Pickman right here on Soul of America Radio. On the Soul of America Radio, go to soulofamericaradio.com for more information. Soul of America Radio. 
I wanted to take this time to thank you for your patience as we went through a period of time where we did not broadcast for probably about a month. We had some technical issues that we have since worked out, and now we are ready to bring you the best in Soulful Talk Radio. Tonight's program is J.R. Ziegler, who brings you Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. We have more programming coming up, brand new shows, I promise you that. But you stay tuned right here on the Soul of America Radio. And thank you for all of the wonderful correspondence through cards, emails, and everything else we received, saying that you want us back. We are back. This is the one and only sword. And now here's your host, J.R. Siglin. And I'm so glad that you're with us tonight. What a very interesting, compelling topic that we're dealing with tonight as we're talking about hope and healing. And I believe that healing is needed in so many different capacities. We're hearing it, but we're not hearing it enough uh, from houses of worship. We're not hearing it enough from people that are experiencing a lot of the issues. And the reality is that our denial doesn't make it go away. Our silence definitely does not rid us of the problem. And we left off by talking about really a tragic incident. And I want to reiterate this incident uh, this incident actually involved a, a pastor there in uh, Gardendale, Alabama, uh, last month, uh, Reverend Dr. Terry Greer, who was arrested uh, allegedly for uh, shooting his wife and his daughter. His daughter was able to wrestle the pistol away from him and ran to a uh, ran to a nearby person and, and they called the police while the Reverend Dr. Greer uh, proceeded to stab himself and try to stab himself repeatedly until law enforcement got there to stop him from further injuring himself. He is being charged with first degree murder and attempted murder of his daughter. And although that is an extreme case where we're seeing that here's a pastor, a man of God, that has turned that way. I don't want to indict him today. What I want to talk about is the fact is why there is such a holy hush amongst the church when it comes to the issue of domestic violence to the point that there are so many that are not dealing with it, to the point that even when we're dealing with it within our own homes and own families, we are, we are still maintaining the holy hush. And what I mean by the holy hush is that we're not saying it's a subject that does not come up. We do not address it. It is a no-no. And so what happens then when the church is not relevant? What happens when we're not uh, addressing the subject matter? What happens when people go on to suffer in silence? And tonight I want to hear from you. And like I said, it's not an indictment party, but I want to make sure that you're hearing the message tonight. There are those of you that are listening to me right now up under the sound of my voice, and you know that domestic violence have occurred. Whether you yourself have experienced it personally, you know someone that experienced it. Whether it's your girlfriend, whether it's your uh, your uh, Sarah, whether it's your uh, 
coworker, whether it's someone in your family, you are experiencing this domestic violence at a level that is tremendous. And so I want you to know today that it is imperative that we address it. Now, my signature saying has always been very simple. You cannot change that which you're unwilling to confront. You cannot confront that which you're unwilling to identify. You cannot identify that which you're unwilling to acknowledge, and you cannot acknowledge that you're unwilling to accept. So understand something, beloved. If we do not address it, especially if it's not addressed from the places of worship and from the places of center of government, we're not going to see a profound change. And so tonight I'm reaching out to those of you that are listening, whether you're listening by uh, the Internet at www.soulofamericaradio.com or you're listening by phone, area code 323-784-9638. It is your opportunity. Uh, to not only share in, uh, wage your opinion, uh, perhaps you know someone, perhaps you've uh, dealt with it yourself. I want to know, did you turn to the church ever, or to church leaders? And if you did, what was that experience? Were they helpful? Were they a bridge to your healing? Or were they a barrier? And once again, this here is meant to raise the level because when we see these things then begin to happen from those in the church and the leaders in the church, what it says to us is this, that here's an issue that we have failed to deal with. It's an issue that we have failed to bring to light. And so, therefore, even those that are in leadership are hiding behind these issues. People are suffering in silence. Somebody need to call someone today. You need to email them. You need to Facebook them and let them know that uh, hope and healing a journey to wholeness is on the air, and it's absolutely imperative because of the fact people are dying, and then there are people that are suffering in silence. There's a, there's a particular gathering I do, and I desire to do it even more, amongst leaders of the church, first ladies of the church, sometimes the most abused and some of the most abandoned people in the church. They're going through. No one hears their cry. No one hears them. They, they feel that they have not a friend because everyone is looking at them in the nature of their position rather than in the na- nature. Uh, in the perspective of themselves as being a person. So tonight, if you'd like to chime in on that subject matter, you have a question or comment, if you'd like to share of the, uh, those type of experience of uh, what you think about the relevance of the church, should the church be a player in this uh, issue of domestic violence? Do we have a responsibility to both the victim, the family, as well as the perpetrator holding them accountable? Area code 323-784-9638. If you'd like to comment, hit the number one. Hit the number one on your keypad. And we will take your question and your comment at this time. Now, beloved, it is very simple. It is very simple that every Sunday, I'm going to use the Sunday, but Saturday is also those days of worship. But the most segregated hour in America, we understand, is between the hours of 11 and 1. And whether you're having service at 11 or at 10 or at 9, you get the picture there. And their time, we gather, we say we gather to worship the Lord, to praise Him and give Him glory and all of those things. But what about those that are in the church, but they are wearing the mask? They're wearing the masquerade of pain, the masquerade of hurt, the masquerade of embarrassment, the masquerade of shame, the masquerade of manipulation. Those things are happening because of the fact that in many ways it's not ever being addressed across the pulpit. And when it oftentimes is, it is addressed in a way that continues to re-victimize those that are being abused. Listen. I'm here to tell you today that there is no excuse for abuse, regardless of who it's coming through or coming from. And so unless we speak up, 
unless we stand up, unless we speak out, we will continue to see the same thing happen. But I believe that the church in its proper position, the church in its full in its full splendor, the church in its full assignment can make the most profound difference in our communities. But we must address it. We must make sure that we speak out against it. People are dying, and I pray today that those of you that are listening, that you would text your pastor, uh, if you have a cell number, of course, or email your pastor, or email your leaders, and, and, and tell them, listen, go to www.soulofamericaradio.com. Listen. Listen to what is being said tonight about the relevance of the church as it addresses, as it relates to domestic violence. I dare you today. I'll give them the phone number. Call in, area code 323-784-9638. If we truly believe that we have the answer, if we truly believe that we are the ones that stand in the gap and make up the difference, then we must be responsible and we must be accountable for the things that are happening. I'm so glad that you're joining us tonight. Uh, wow, we did have a caller, and the caller disappeared. Caller, I'd love to have you back on the air. Uh, get back with us on the air uh, today. I was just about to go to you. If you'd like to have a question or comment, you'd like to share an experience, whatever it may be, tonight is open lines to you, area code 323 that's area code 323-784-9638. You hit the number one, and we acknowledge you being there, your question. Uh, I, I invite you to come on even now. Those of you that are listening tonight uh, with a desire to have something to say, hit the number one, and we will definitely get you in even right now because I know that faith has a lot to do. Faith has a lot to do uh, with people that want to be on uh people that uh, believe, people that will stay in relationship at all costs, uh, uh, people that believe that religiously and, and that, that uh, if they leave, that God is going to punish them. But yet it's still they're being punished inside uh, uh, their relationship. So uh, the reality tonight I want to simply say to you is very simple, that your faith ought to be one that liberates you, that brings you out of bondage into the marvelous light. Your faith ought to be that part that shields you, not the part that brings you into the darkness of abuse. And when abuse continues and when violation and victimization continues up under the auspices of being a good Christian, of being a good believer, then we must understand that there is a problem with your theology and there's a problem with the way that you've interpreted Scripture. And so I'm saying today, what happens? Who do you turn to when, the, when abuse is happening from the, from, the, you know, from the church house to the White House, from the outhouse to the in-house, from the schoolhouse you know, to, uh, you know, to the lighthouse what happens when that is occurring and so many i know in my interviews with so many um, uh, different survivors in my time of counseling so many different survivors the heartbreak that i've often heard when uh, people have turned to their faith leaders to their pastors or, and they had no answers or the answers they had put the person in a greater danger listen we don't have to try to be a jack-of-all-trade. We have to understand that we need to be trained to understand what to look for, how to minister in this area, and understand that God 
is not going to subjugate a person to this type of abuse because it does not reflect his definition of love. And that's what we have to look at today. Uh, Area code 323-784-9638. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I'm your host, J.R. Ficklin, and I'm so glad that you're with us on tonight. Uh, if you'd like to have something to say, a comment, a question, uh, that's right there. Area code 323-784-9638. Hit the number one on your keypad, and we acknowledge you. And uh, we're so glad to have you tonight. If you'd like to be a part of the show, your comments are welcome tonight. And understand that even as we're talking tonight, even if you don't have a, a story that may be related to the church, surely you that may attend church houses of worship, I'd be interested to know from you, how many sermons have you ever heard addressing domestic violence tonight? You don't have to give your name. You don't even have to give where you're calling from. But I would like to hear from you tonight because it's serious. When we look to our uh, faith and look to our faith leaders for hope, for healing, uh, for words of wisdom, words of direction, what happens when that is nowhere to be found? You listen to Hope and Healing. Listen, right on the other side of the break, I want to take your calls. I'm so glad that you're with us tonight. Right on the other side of the break, we will be right back with you. Uh, That's right, area code 323-784-9638. You're listening to J.R. Ficklin. I am your host here on Soul of America Radio. I'll see you on the other side of the break in just a little bit. Healing a journey to wholeness with J.R. Thicklin is coming back right after this. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio LLC. This is the one and only Soar. in her lifetime. Every year, nearly three million children witness domestic violence right in their homes. Domestic violence is most likely to occur between the hours of 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. More than 60% of domestic abuse incidents happen right at home. Survivors of domestic violence face high rates of depression, sleep disturbance, anxiety, flashbacks, and other emotional distress. If you or someone that you know is a victim of domestic violence, or if you think someone is, reach out to them. If you are a victim, reach out to somebody you can call the National Hotline right now at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. If you didn't have a chance to write that number down, 
Call Jay Thicklin right now at 1-323-784-9638. Speak to Jay right now at 323-784-9638. And now, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, continues with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Journey to Wholeness. I am your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so glad that you've joined us here tonight, right here on the Soul of America Radio. Uh, for those of you that have been holding on the line, area code 323-784-9638. Definitely, if you'd like to have a comment or if you have a question uh, you'd like to make, uh, just hit the number one on your keypad, and uh, that'll let our engineer know that you want to be on the air, and we'll bring you on. You don't have to give your name. Uh, we just welcome your comment uh, that you'd like to share even at this time here. Uh, we're talking about the relevance tonight, the relevance of faith, the relevance of the church, the relevance of church leaders as it relates to the issue of domestic violence. Now, you're listening. Uh, I'm looking here at the board, and we have callers out there that are listening to us even as we're talking, and those of you that are listening by way of Internet. I really want you to be a part of this discussion tonight uh, as it relates to what do you think the relevance of the church how do you see the church as a barrier or a bridge when it comes to healing and being there for victims of domestic violence? And uh, if you hit the number one on your keypad, that's right, the number one will bring you in. Uh, we're definitely welcoming your comments tonight. Uh, those of you, perhaps you're there tonight and you're a survivor of domestic violence, perhaps in the midst of your crisis of domestic violence. Where, what happened to your faith? What did you believe? Uh, did you feel that God was with you? Did he leave you? Uh, what what shape you're thinking inside of that? Uh, we're very interested to hear that tonight on uh, the Soul of America radio uh, here on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Uh, so many different uh, articles that we've had here as we continue to look at the tremendous things that are happening with people that are being involved in domestic violence. There's one great concern that continues to happen because of the fact of when we talk about domestic violence, we're talking about family. We're talking about people that are being hurt and injured by people that have loved them or say they love them or have pledged their love to them. And so we're not just talking about anything here. We're talking about people. We're talking about people who are betrayed. I call it truly the most greatest intimate betrayal, Uh, someone who has pledged to love you someone who has pledged to hold you, someone who has pledged to not hurt you, end up doing it in the most uh, horrific way. And when we see abuse and violence happening uh, such as this, we have a responsibility, and I do want to say a responsibility to make a difference. If you're listening right now, if you're listening right now, I want you to make your way, to make your way right there to your radio. Uh, hit the number one on your keypad if you're listening by way of radio. That's area code 323-784-9638 by way of phone, I should say. And if you're definitely uh, listening by way of the website, www.soulofamericaradio.com, we thank you for listening to us 
tonight. Now, as we continue to move forth inside of this conversation, inside of what we continue to see happen, I want to invite your conversation. I want to invite you to be a part of this conversation tonight. One of the reasons being is because of the fact that in a time of crisis, the research says that people turn to their community of faith, their faith leaders, and law enforcement almost interchangeably. They're looking for hope. They're looking for a comfort. They're, look, they're, they're looking for uh, they're looking to be believed. They're looking for direction, and they're looking for counsel inside of this. And yet, it's still in many cases they don't find any. Not only outside. Uh, in the secular world, but also they find themselves without it even in the church. My question to you tonight is the fact that in the time of crisis of domestic violence, if you're a survivor and know someone that is, did you or would you turn to your faith leader to be of some type of guidance and counsel to you? And that's the answer we'd like to know tonight. Eric code 323-784-9638. Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Now, having said that, I, I want to kind of throw this caveat in. You know, last night I understand that people was watching the Grammy Awards, and uh, uh, I, by the time I got in, I turned on the television. I'll be honest with you, I had no idea who half of those people were. I had not a clue who they were. I don't hear their music, don't know their music, and quite frankly, I'm saying that if that some of that was music, then I think I need to get in the music industry because, in fact, I was very surprised. But yet and still, you know, I know the music industry is not a place where they regulate morals or regulate behavior or whatever, but it's interesting over the last couple of weeks you've uh, seen the headlines there about Chris Brown appearing back in court, uh, mainly because of the fact that the judge didn't believe that he did his community service hour. As a matter of fact, the judge believed that he forced it that uh, uh, he got someone just to simply sign off that he did community service hours and he didn't. And then he brought out the big guns, if you would. He brought out the big guns because that was Rihanna right there in the courtroom supporting him, sitting next to his mother, and therefore really throwing, if you would, a wrench in the whole cycle there. And uh, I know rumors have been going around. Many people have been going around saying, well, they're back together. Some people say, well, no big deal. It doesn't mean anything. That's their business if they want to. And, and I would agree with that, but, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. And when we make decisions at certain levels, and those decisions are oftentimes uh, coveted by others who follow us, who become fans of us, who idolize us and those things, and that's why we have to think very we have to think very hard, and we have to look twice before making certain decisions. There are those that will follow Rihanna because of the fact of her fame. Many young ladies look to her, see her as a role model, and those things there. And they and that role model don't stop at just her singing, or her appearance, or the way she dressed. But oftentimes, that role model uh, syndrome is carried on even in the way that she respond and react inside a relationship. There are those that would say, well, she beat up Chris, too, and she did that and the other. And regardless of what that may be, be it true or not, the reality is, is that, folks, this is serious business. The average number of time that a victim returns to a perpetrator before she leaves him for good is seven times. And so we see this, and there's danger there. Some never make it to the seventh time because of the imminent danger that happens as a result of domestic violence. So tonight uh, we're talking about the relevance of faith. We're talking about the relevance of this whole issue of domestic violence and, and who should be at the table addressing this. Do you really know the services that are in your community? Eric code 323-784-9638. Eric code 323-784-9638. That's the way to get 
uh, with us today. If you're listening by air or if you'd like to have a question or comment, hit the number one, and we will acknowledge you tonight. We invite your comments and your question tonight. Uh, your question tonight will be on tonight just for another about 19 minutes. We're glad to have you with us uh, tonight. So listen, if you're out there tonight uh, and desire to have something to say, hit us up there, those of you that are listening by uh, internet. I'm so glad that you've joined us. Now, keep in mind that each one of our shows that you listen to is is live, even as we speak, is live. A podcast available, or you're able to go back into the archives and be able to listen back to a show. And so we welcome you tonight as you spread the word. Share it with your friends, your friends on Facebook, your friends on Twitter, and any other social media. Let them know. They can catch us right here every Monday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. That's 8 o'clock Central Time, and those of you that are in the West Coast there, you can find us at 6 o'clock there right here on soulofamericaradio.com. And so as we are embarking upon this tonight, I really am looking to hear from those of you that have experienced firsthand the issue of domestic violence. How did it impact you? Uh, How did it impact uh, those around you? Did you turn to your church, and was your church of any help to you? Did you realize that as much as we talk about domestic violence, uh, uh, that there are so many people, especially in the community of color, that have never had a conversation uh, around this subject matter? Uh, So I want to be that place that you can have that conversation. I want to be that place where you can express this and, and have the opportunity to share in tonight. So area code 323-784-9638, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. And I want you to know that even in the midst of this, someone may be listening right now, and you're contemplating, how do I get out of it? How do I even get in it? There is a way out, and I want you to know that that way out is available unto you, and that as you find your way out of this abusive relationship, that you have to understand today that you never deserved the abuse. It was never your portion. So I invite you tonight, even tonight, call in, area code 323-784-9638. That's area code 323-784-9638. Hit the number one on your keypad. That will let our uh, producer know that you desire to have something to say by way of uh, the airways here. We won't ask you your name necessarily. You don't have to give your name. Uh, but we would love uh, to entertain you tonight inside of this whole issue of domestic violence. Once again, uh, issues of domestic violence have happened in more ways than one. Right here locally in South Florida, just early this week, very sad case of domestic violence, uh, homicide, suicide that involved two males. Uh, two males there. Uh, there was a breakup between these males who had been together, uh, uh, and the one male actually killed the other one as they had been asked to leave and had left the premises there. Families are devastated. Families are devastated because of the fact of individuals who end up taking the life of their lover, of their partner, or their significant other. This impacts everyone. It's not just one person that's impacted by it. And if you're listening tonight, if you're listening tonight and you are experiencing domestic violence, or you know someone that is, I want to give you the national hotline number, 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. Please stay safe today and listen and to someone that wants to help you. Right, I'm getting ready to bring you on the air there. Those that caller uh, number ended in 4130. 
Welcome tonight to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Good afternoon. Hello? Hello. Yes, you're on the air, caller. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm fine now. Okay. How can we help you? I'm fine now, but I haven't missed out in the last 40 years. Okay. What has happened in the last 40 years? 40 years. Last four years? 40, 40, 40. 40 years. What has been your experience in the last 40 years? I've been in an abusive relationship on and off, and I kept oh. going coming in and out of it. And did you finally get out of it? Did well, you... I started to get out of it a couple of times, but I guess I'm SLD because I kept, kept going back in. And what was it that finally caused you to just break it off altogether? Well, we still live in the same house. You still live in the same house even now? Do you feel safe with this individual? Yes, I'm safe with it because what he did, he turned the situation around and tried mm-hmm. to and tried to convince people because of his disability, he's disabled that. Mm-hmm. I was the abuser, abusing him instead of him abusing me. And so you said that he he tried to win the popular opinion. He tried. He he he, he was he was he was successful in convincing everybody that I was the abuse. I was abusing him, not the other way around. And in in, in essence, he was abusing. He's been abused. He's the abusive one. But he, okay. But, but he was able to convince even my family. And so your family, are you saying your family took this side for, uh, took this side and said that you were wrong for abusing him? No, no. They 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 didn't believe because of the topic because of, of our financial status. Okay. At one point. We were doing very well financially, mm-hmm. so they felt like, oh, you know, she just, um, she just a bitch. She ain't satisfied with nothing. You know, he good to her. Wow, and you said although that's what they were saying, they didn't realize that you were actually going through some abusive situation. Let me tell you something. My mama actually prayed for me to stay in the relationship. Wow, and at that time, yeah, my mama, my mama came from the generation where they didn't believe in divorcing their men. Right. She was old school. And so, although you tried to share with her that you were being abused, and you tried to share with family members that you were being abused, they didn't believe you because they were looking at the fact that you were living good, that looked from the outside in, that you all had it going on. Right. And so they're convinced by that. So in other words, they're figuring that you're complaining, and you're complaining that you just can't be satisfied, and that you ought to be grateful that you got what you have. Yeah, that I got what I have. And guess what? Guess what? His mother's dead now, and I don't really like to talk about, but she told me what I went through isn't anything she didn't go through. She she told me she had to go through the same thing I went through. So, so why am I complaining? Wow. 
So let me ask you this question here. I mean, I heard that, and I, I, that had to be very that had to be very uh, 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 much strenuous on you to have people around you that's supposed to love you but didn't believe that you were in danger. Let me tell you, by the grace of God, I'm not in a mental institution. Wow. Wow. By the grace of God, I am not in a mental institution. And people wow. even call me crazy. Wow. Are they calling you crazy people because you stayed? People call me crazy trying to, trying, to speak, trying to speak that over my life. Are they trying to call you crazy because you stayed? Or, or why, why are they calling you crazy? I mean, I would think the person who was abusing you would have been the crazy one. No, they called me crazy because everybody knew everybody it, it, it was like a different life. He had two. They had two different lives. Okay, so Doctor Jefferson was the hide. And one in the street, and the and ones in the street knew what he was doing in the streets, and they, and I was, and they knew I was a fool. They was calling me crazy because I was a fool to stay in the situation. Wow. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, I mean, thank God you've survived it. Uh, you're, you said that you're still in the abusive relation. I mean, you're still living with this person. Let me ask you: Is the abuse still going on? He can't. Okay, you said the abuse I, can no longer. I'm home. strong. I'm strong. I'm able to. I'm able to not believe his lies. Okay. So you're saying you that. Know, you know, and, and see, and see, I had a problem on the inside of me. Okay. Because I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have the confidence in myself that I needed. Wow. So when when I was accused of doing this and doing that, and the lies. You know. Wow. You know, I didn't know what to do when all I was trying to do was, you know, make the marriage work because it was cho- it was children involved. Right. So, so let me ask you let me yeah, ask you a question because I really thank you for sharing. You you really shared some powerful points that I want uh, the listeners that are listening to us to hear. Your situation it can it, it went on and people found it hard to believe because of the fact if I'm hearing you right because of the fact that they perceived that you were living well that you were doing well. And so, therefore, you should be grateful for what you have. Then I heard you say that your mother-in-law, God rest her soul, uh, basically said, "Look, I went through the same thing that you did, and I took it." Well, I wasn't really. Should. To be honest with you, we weren't living as well as we could have been living because the money wasn't coming into the house; it was mm-hmm. going in the streets. Wow. Let me ask you and, this, Paula. Go go right ahead. And, and and you know what I can't understand if you're if you're disabled and you know you can no longer work and you get a you get a flat sum flat dis you know you get your, all your disability at one time and you how can you go through all of your disability? Not just a bit of retirement, two hundred fifty thousand dollars 
in less than in about 10 years. And there's nothing in this house to show for where the money went. Well, I'll say this, and I, I really thank you for sharing uh, tonight. I think you shared some very important points, and I thank you so very much for calling. And continue, continue to hold on, because I want I, I continue to listen. I want to be able to, to address some of the things that you said there. Uh, thank you so very much, caller, for uh, sharing. What some very powerful insight there, as a caller shared about her life there. Uh, Erico three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. You listen to Hope and Healing: A Journey to Wholeness. And if you like to have something to say or comment. Hit the number one on your keypad, and we'll get you right on the airway here. I'm being told that uh, we're going to go on up to 1030 uh, tonight. Listen, you heard a very classic uh, uh, classic example, and I'm so glad to call her, share that, that many times people have a problem believing that a person is really being abused or a person is in an abusive situation or fear for their life because of the lifestyle or what perceived to be a good lifestyle. Other thing that we have to consider inside of domestic violence is what I like to call uh, uh, generational uh, acceptance, where it's been accepted from one generation to the other. Um, uh, for some, uh, because their generation, they learned to take it and keep going, and uh, because of whatever reason, whether religious reason or just uh, family uh, ties or family codes, they took it and they took it and they thought that was actually being a great wife, a great partner by taking a, by taking the abuse. And one of the things you heard me say earlier, even when we talked about the clergy, that the victim have a need to be believed. So I want to say this to you, those of you that are listening. How many of you have friends, may have coworkers, may have sorrows, may have people that you know, uh, may have relatives that have either come straight out and told you about their abusive situation or they have made it so evident and hitting to you about their abusive relationship and my real question is, how many of you didn't believe them? Did you not believe them because, in fact, they look they looked like they were doing fine on the outside? Did you not believe them because it looked like they were living they were living good and they had a great lifestyle? Did you not believe them because, in fact, from the outside they appeared to be happy? Did they have all the things that you considered uh, wealth and success? And so, therefore, you found it hard to believe that they were actually a victim of abuse. Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Ficklin. I'm so glad that you've joined us here on the Soul of America Radio. I'm listening uh, tonight, and as I listen to the different callers, and so many of you, I'm I'm grateful as I see the board is lit up. Uh, many of you are are listening to us by way of the phone number. The many of you are also listening by way of the uh, website at soulofamericaradio.com. I want to hear your comments, your questions on tonight. What is it that you can do to help reduce the issue of domestic violence? Who can you be there for? Have you tried to be there for someone, and perhaps it seemed like they didn't listen? It's not always an easy thing to get out of an abusive relationship, and I don't want us to ever paint that picture. Every every individual situation is different. Every individual has to deal with their own set of issues. Those decisions are made oftentimes by the victim, and I promise you the victim generally will make that decision when they're ready. You heard the caller that was on the air. She talked about the fact that they had children involved. She So she dealt with the fact of having children involved. And oftentimes when children involved, we often think about the economical situation. Am I able to raise them by myself? Can I provide for them? 
Secondarily, we have a situation that she's uh, pointed out that had to do with family ties and, and, if you would, culture. And the culture was in that day and time, no one believed in getting divorced. No one believed that you should do that. You should stand by your man. And let me say this to you because it's the number one question I'm often asked about the fact, is domestic violence a legal grounds or a spiritual ground for divorce? Is domestic violence that ground? Well, let me say something to you. By all by all means, understand this. It's not divorce that breaks the marital covenant. It was the abuse that broke the marital covenant long before the divorce. Am I advocating getting divorced? No, I'm not. But what I am advocating first and foremost is safety. I'm advocating first and foremost peace of mind. I'm advocating first and foremost righteousness and truthfulness. Because the reality is that when one is in an abusive relationship and that abuse is taking place and it's being cloaked, masquerade, hidden, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, while one continues on as if nothing has been done, then that itself is, if you would, almost sacrilege. It is a it, it is a distortion of truth. It is nothing more than manipulation. So we have to understand this, that abusive relationships, Abusive relationships are never right. There's not any time when abusive relationships are right. Area code 323-784-9638. Area code 323-784-9638. That's the number that you can call in. Hit the number one on your keypad. I'd love to have your comment this evening. Those of you that are listening today, I'm so glad to have you listening to us on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. So as you're listening tonight, I invite your comment. I invite your call. I thank you tonight as you're listening. Uh, right on the other side of the break here, I'm going to come back, and we're going to come in for the final stretch. Those of you that are listening, I'm so glad that you're there. Callers, hit number one on your keypad. We'll get to you immediately. Thank you. This is J.R. Ficklin, Hope and Healing, a journey to hold us right here on Soul of America Radio. We'll be back right after the break. Jay Thickland, after this. This is the soul of America Radio. Your host, J.R. Thicklin. And remember, you can catch this show every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And give them a call tonight at 
in Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is J.R. Fickman, and we're back here, right here on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. And I'm so glad that you're with us tonight, right here on Soul of America Radio. As every Monday night we're here, we're talking about hope. We're talking about healing. And we understand that healing is not something that happened instantaneously. There are many steps to healing. There are those of you that may be listening right now. Perhaps you've been in an abusive relationship, and perhaps you've been out of one. Perhaps you've survived one, but you still find yourself in pain. You still find yourself sometimes nightmares. You feel still find yourself feeling inadequate. I want you to know those things are not uh, unusual, but I want you to also understand that there's a journey to wholeness. There's a journey to getting back to where you need to be. So your healing is a process, and your healing takes place, number one, when you can embrace the fact of your own value and your own worth. You do not deserve to be abused. Let me say it again. You do not deserve to be abused. It does not, it is, it is not the way that you should be treated. It matters not, you know, how your size, it matters not how much weight you've gained or how much weight you've lost. It matters not of your job status. It matters not of your position. It matters not whether or not you produce children or not. It's no excuse for abuse. And if you're in an abusive situation, I want you to understand that you don't have to stay there in an abusive situation. You don't deserve to be abused. It is not the will of God for you to be abused, and you just need to know that. So the first step to healing is really embracing one's self-worth and recognizing that you were not created to be abused. As a matter of fact, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. And so I know that's difficult for some to grasp because you've been put down verbally. You've been told that you're nothing. You'll never amount to nothing. You've been told that no one will want you. Who will want you? All those words was, was said. It was meant to tear, tear you down. It was meant to destroy your self-esteem. It was meant to cause you to look at yourself in a negative way. But I want you to know that this is a hope line. This is a sanctuary. This is a place that you can recognize the fact that you are deserving of healing, that you're deserving of healing. And that's what this show is all about. Area code 323-784-9638. Area code 323-784-9638. If you're listening by radio today, hit the number one on your keypad. Pad. If you have a question or comment, you'd like to say something, hit the number one on your keypad. That'll let our engineer know that you want to come on the air, and we'll bring you on the air. You don't have to give your name, uh, but definitely we welcome your comments tonight as you're listening to us on the Soul of America radio. And so as we're talking tonight, I want to say this to you. Uh, for so many that are perplexed about what is your right inside of domestic violence, and I'm not here to talk necessarily from your legal rights, not on tonight's broadcast, but I'm saying as far as your right. See, when you understand that your self-worth is greater than what your abuser has made it, when you understand that literally that you are somebody, when you understand the fact that your personage is not defined by that individual who has torn you down and who has abused you, you are then on your way to healing and recovering. 
you're on your way to wholeness. And I want you to know, perhaps you're listening tonight, perhaps you have a friend, a loved one, a sister. And I want you tonight, because I'm reaching out to all of you that are out there. Perhaps there's a man out there that's listening. Perhaps there's a grandfather who's lost a granddaughter. Or perhaps there's a father who has a daughter who's been in an abusive relationship and perhaps in one now. I want you tonight to know that there's a role that you can play inside of it. And that's a role of not only believing her, but being there for her. And understand if you're going to be there for a victim, a person that's in an abusive situation, the one thing that you don't need to say and that you should never say, you should not say that you must love it or you must like it because you still are in it. No one stays in an abusive relationship because they love it or like it. Oftentimes the fear, the fear of what may happen next, the fear of losing their life, because you must understand that most time they've been threatened and they've heard things like this, if I can't have you, no one else will. And if you try to leave me, I'll kill you. I'll cut your body up. They'll be looking for you. You'll be at the bottom of the river. All of these type things there. And keep in mind that more people are injured, worse, are killed trying to leave or after leaving an abusive relationship than those who are in it. So keep in mind that all those fears are legitimate. The other things are the things that we started off with tonight, those that feel that they are bound in a in a, an abusive relationship because of their religious belief. That is the part where I think that the church must address, not using the scripture as a way to justify abuse, not using the scripture as a way of, you know, of perpetuating the abuse, but using the scripture to actually deliberate to be able to hold one accountable to let them know that there is no excuse for abuse. God is not in abuse. There's nothing that there's nothing that can equate God with abuse. And so we have to be willing to stand. We have to be willing to share. We have to be willing. And every man that is listening tonight, and I know that you're out there, to every man that is listening tonight, your challenge in the next two weeks, in the next two weeks, is to really, I the next two weeks, I want to open it up to men. In the next two weeks, I want men to come. I want men to come on the air, men that are well-meaning men, men that say that I object abuse. I stand against domestic violence because I don't want you to be an innocent, an innocent, watch this, an innocent bystander that is standing by, all looking. And so you're contributing to domestic violence with your silence. You're contributing to it by your silence. You're not saying a word. So I invite you tonight, I invite you tonight to stand, to make a stand. Don't turn around. Stand and know that as you stand that you're doing the right thing. Area code 323-784-9638. Area code 323-784-9638. Hit the number one on your keypad, and we'll get you in on the air. you listen to J.R. Thicklin, Hope and Healing, right here on Soul of America Radio. Now, so many of you, and I'm trying to get to our box here to see some of you that have uh, possibly emailed us, and you may have a question there. Um, you may have a question that you'd like for us to answer, whatever. Many of you have indicated that you don't want to come on the airway, but you're listening to us loud and clear. I want you to know that we have to break the silence. We have to break the silence. It is occurring way too often. It is occurring in so many different places. So I want you tonight, if you like to be on the air, hit the number one on your keypad, 
and that will let our engineer know that you want to come on the air and would like to bring you on the air tonight. You're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. I'm your host, J.R. Ficklin. Listen, I cannot tell you the, tra- tra- the tragedies that we're already seeing in the year 2013. I understand that the year 2013, people, is barely 42 days old. It's barely 42 days old, and across the country, across the globe, we're seeing look to be a record number of violence, gun violence, domestic violence, formalicides, homicide, suicide. It's happening. The culture of violence is occurring, and I'm telling you that we must begin to not only speak out, but we have to know, we we have to know that this is not our portion, this is not our fate, and we have to value our lives more than that. And you've got to value it to the point that you break the silence. Somebody, you're listening to me right now, you know somebody, that person that works there in that same office that you do, you know that she's in an abusive relationship. You see her trying to cover it up with makeup. You see her. Perhaps it's you. And you're going, and you're, you're made up so pretty. You've gotten it on so well. Everybody recognizes how neat you look, but you're dying on the inside. It's time to reach out and get help. It's time to reach out and get help. If you're in an abusive relationship, call the national hotline, 1-800-799-7233, 1-800-799-SAFE. It is time to get help. There is no excuse for domestic violence. Those of you that are listening, even right now, I want you to know that this show is not for entertainment purposes. It is for public education purposes. It is for a place of advocacy. It is for a place of referral and a place of power. It is a lifeline to those that want to be out of an abusive relationship. So if you're there tonight, hit number one on your keypad. We'll love to take your call and your comment tonight. Eric code 323-784-9638 right here on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. So as you're listening tonight, think about this. I want you to hear this. I mentioned a little earlier about the whole incident with Chris Brown and Brianna, and so many things are happening there, and people have so many different opinions of that. And yet it's still, let me say something, it doesn't matter who they are. There is no excuse for abuse. We've got a caller, uh, number ending in 6250. You're on the air tonight with uh, J.R. Thickland, Hope and Healing. Good evening, caller. Good evening, Jeff Thickman. One thing I would like to say, first of all, is thank you for what you are doing. You're welcome. Thank, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you for helping all of us. Um, I would like to also say that I am a domestic violence survivor. I was in the situation for almost 10 years, yeah, close to 10 years, for 10 years until um, the Lord himself delivered me. Um, I would oh. like to tell victims who are in, still in a relationship to please get out. Why? Because these are the places that a domestic violence victim could end up, and this is a reality. They Sometimes a domestic violence survivor may think, well, it really might not happen to me, okay, because I'm, 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 I'm different for some reason somehow. But here are the places right here. Number one is in a grave. That way you, you'll, be, you'll be silenced for the rest of your life. Or in a mental institution. Okay, many domestic violence victims do turn to uh, suicide. They they want to hurt themselves. Okay, or um, physical disabilities. Okay, uh, for instance, I know this woman um, on the island. This victim, she was a woman, and this man threw acid on her. He threw acid on her throat, and everything, everything became one. She had a physical disability. He shot her in the leg, and 
she had to limp for the rest of her life, or a domestic violence victim could end up in, in prison. Uh, yeah. The victim can attempt to either kill the abuser for attempted murder or actually kill the abuser for, for, for a murder charge. Okay. These are, I, I, I want to say, this This is the reality, okay, of, unfortunately, um, domestic violence victims who don't you know, realize and, you know, and say, look, these things could happen. And once they believe that, because it is the truth, I think this here would give them the strength also to act with their relationship. And I also want to say something as far as in the religious community. Um, uh, many times, uh, yeah, the church is used as a place of refuge for help as the first defense, especially in the African-American community or the community of color. However, many victims have an advice to stay in the relationships, okay, um, uh, by the church. This is, this is, this is truth. They're advised to stay. And as a result, this here could really play, um, uh, really have a big problem in, in their faith. For instance, they're like, you know, where, where is God in this? If God really is there, why is he allowing this to happen to me? In actuality, he sends a lot of people, places, situations, whatever, to say, look, I, I here is the help. Here is the help that I have sent, you know, to you. All right? So that's that's all I have to say. Well, before before you leave, because I think you shared so much there. I mean, you, you talked about being in an abusive relationship yourself for ten years, and then you said it was it was only by the grace of God that you got out of it. And if you don't mind, I mean, share with the listeners tonight. I mean, could you share with them about the fact of being in an abusive relationship? You know, ten years, and what are the things that perhaps held you there? What are the things that held you there, and what is it that finally you know? freed you from that, 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 that caused you to say enough is enough? Okay. Um, good question. Many, uh, I would say many reasons held me there. Um, number one, it was the reason my mother, my mother herself told me, you have laid your bad heart, so you must lay in it. Okay. After the first incident, it was a choking incident. We almost, uh, I almost uh, cut off my breath, couldn't breathe, almost died that day. And that's what she advised me. So family, family may advise the victim to stay. So family okay. influence, sometimes cultural beliefs that's passed on, saying that you need to make it work, you need to stay in there, it's not that bad, everyone's going to have trouble, that type of thing. Uh, yes. Uh, and, and not only that, is it sometimes, it's, well, many times it's a generational uh, belief also. Uh, my own mother um she uh well she was in a domestic violence situation. My own father was uh, um abusive to her for seventeen years. So that is all she knew. Okay. And she thought it was actually she thought it was right. All right. And this is the and as a result, this is the home that I grew up in. All right. And even though I might I and I and I have to say this, domestic violence does not discriminate. You could be Educated, okay, uh, the Christian religion, uh, and anything like that. I have my master's degree going on to my doctorate, okay? Mm-hmm. And still, I vowed as a little girl growing up that I would never, ever be involved with a man that who is abusive. 
But here's the thing. That was the first one I was attracted to. Wow. It was the first one. It's like a subconsciously. Subconsciously, it was like um, one of the things that attracted me is the, the way the way he said things or the way he called my name. It was in a shouting way, for instance. Wow. It's an authoritative way. But that, and I realized that was how the same way my dad used to speak to my mom. Okay? Wow. So, so let me ask you this, because what you're saying is so is so helpful to people that are listening, because what we see that oftentimes is one of the things that we often say is that when children are exposed to domestic violence and they witness domestic violence, they also internalize lessons. They internalize things. I mean, there are things that, like you said, you know, hey, you like the way he called your name, this authoritative way and those things there, but you recognize the comparison was that, this was kind of like the way your dad also called your mother's name. Exactly. Wow. Yes. And yes, and another uh, another reason too that um, I grew up and stayed in the abusive relationship was was because of the children. Children. Um, he was a wealthy man, doing very well in the community. Okay, and it was a fear there that if I left him. What kind of lifestyle would I have for me and the children? Would they go to the best schools, you know, if I left them? Um, what about the health insurance, okay? What about what about our nice cars? What about the nice home, the home of comfort where you, you know, lived in abundance with, it, with nothing lacking, but the only thing is that it was the safety, which is very important because you need to get out because guess what? You could lose your life, and I almost did. You almost lost my life and uh, my, my freedom, Okay. Um, another reason to say, but, well, financial, like I say, financial, okay, made uh, much more money than I did, mm-hmm. all right? Um, another thing, too, like I said, the church. I did go to the church. What was your experience there when you went to the church? Well, the response, the response I got was to be more submissive. Wow. You, you are doing something that is provoking him, okay, to treat you like that. If you would stop, if you would stop uh, either doing what you're doing or saying what you're saying, then he wouldn't treat you like that. It, 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 like it, it re-victimizes the victim. Okay, it places all responsibility and all, and all blame. I say all blame on the victim instead wow. of the abuser. Okay, so as a result, the abuser would probably try year after year after year after year trying to, let's say, I should say, satisfy the abuser to stop the abuse, which then is not going to take place, obviously, but the victim does not know this at the time. And you're speaking, and I love what you're saying because the fact so many that are listening right now are hearing you talk about the reason that you stayed, and all of these are legitimate reasons, you, you hit something very powerful. Even the earlier caller talked about the fact of lifestyle, whether real or perceived or whatever, is that all these go through your mind. You go through the fact of really what can I balance, okay, can I put up with this a little bit longer but what I'm exchanging it for is that my kids go to the better schools, that my kids have the best opportunities, that we live in this certain uh, lifestyle, we become accustomed to this, and we feel successful here. So although the abuse is going on, everything, I'm going to do all I can to, to try to tolerate that and bear that 
because all these other matters are very, they weigh very heavily in your decision. And do I mean, did I accurately describe that? Yes. And the thing about that, it, it is a, I should say a mirage. It is a, it is a trick. It's a trick of the enemy. Um, because I don't care, uh, a lot of times victims say, the children, oh, they don't know, they don't hear. Yes, they do. The children in the home experience the abuse. They they do. They experience it, whether, you know, whether they hear it while they sleep and parents, they think they're sleeping. No, no they're not. No, they're not. The point, the one of the things that um, brought me out, too, when I, I had to open my eyes is when my son actually intervened his dad, and he slept him. And he wow. said, don't ever put your hands on my mom. That was the wake-up call. So all the money, all the, the lifestyle stuff and all the, the children and the, the, the victim, it changes them because they go through something traumatic and it's something that you cannot take back because it, now it becomes further it spreads into generational, you know, to the other generation. Wow. That opened my eyes for some to, to, to get out. You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to hold us. This is J.R. Thickland here, and we're so glad we have a guest that is on. And as she is sharing her story, tremendous story of, of abusive relationship for uh, for nearly 10 years of it, but she is taking the time to explain all the factors and the reasoning that played into her remaining there. And listen, every victim have a different story, and I just want you to hear, and I so appreciate her sharing this because of the fact when so many make statements like, why don't they just leave or why don't they just go, here are reasons why people don't go. And at the time, it is very legitimate for them. At the time, it seemed like the right thing to do. But and, but where you picked up at, your turning point or your breaking point was when your son actually intervened uh, when your husband was then uh, abusing you and your son actually intervened and basically said no more. Yeah. Is, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Um, and, and, uh, and a light went out for you at that point in time. You're, you're saying that's when the real wake-up call came for you. Yes, that's when the first wake-up call came. My thing was my son is not going to go to jail. Wow. Okay. And I want to interject that because you said something very powerful. I don't know how old your son was at the time, but what people need to understand that definitely when you look at the Department of Juvenile Justice role, you're talking about uh, when you look at that, not only that, you're talking about uh, children between the ages of 14 and 26. Uh, you're looking at those individuals there that uh, nearly 62% of them are going to uh, jail. That's a correctional system for either killing or attempting to kill their mother's perpetrator, their mother abuser. So definitely, when you look at that being such a great number, I could see where your heart was, and you're saying, look, I don't want my son going to jail, and better yet, I don't want them to suffer any more than they've already suffered. Yes, correct. Correct. It's never, I, 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 as I'm, I'm pointing out to uh, domestic violence um, victims, and I'm calling them victims now, but they will become victors. Um, the, the information, yeah, the information is being shared, and what God is exposing to them um, to become victims, so they could go on and help others, other victims, to overcome and get up before it's too late. And like I said, um, the final straw—that was the first straw, but it was a final straw when I did almost lose my freedom. Um, even after that, um, like in and out, in and out, still in and out, still in and out. 
um, because a belief came, no, maybe he's not going to do it again. Here's the thing. It did happen again, and it did happen worse than it ever did. And this time, it was the actual uh, life. My life is like a something just said, and it's like, you know what? He really doesn't care. He will take my life, and he made the statement. If I can't have you, no my will. And then told me how he was going to actually commit the murder. Wait until I was in the tub and strangle me to death. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. we're hearing a description yeah. there. Wow. I, I tell you, I've got to have you back on again. I know that we're we're less than uh, five minutes away and we have the exit that's going to be going on, but I want the callers to hear this, and I want to just I, I just want to, if you would, resummarize so much of what you've said. Because the danger that you face continues to grow, and yet it's still you found you tried everything to remain there for all the reasons that you thought was necessary, but it's when your son intervened and put himself in harm's way for you that you recognize enough is enough. I am not going to have my son going to jail. Neither am I am going to put them in this situation any longer. And this individual have threatened you, have not only told you that they would kill you, the famous words, if I can't have you, no one else will, but to literally describe to you how they're going to kill you. It is something to listen to. The point I want to close on tonight is to get people to understand that if you're in an abusive relationship, Especially if you're being threatened, if this individual owns weapons, knives, guns, or whatever it is, you are in a high-risk situation. Secondarily, if they're threatening to hurt you and to harm you and kill you, and to the point that they're describing it to you, what they're going to do, I really want to urge you to get help. 1-800-799-7233, 1-800-799-SAFE. That is the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Get help before it's too late. Listen, our callers have been very forthright in sharing their heart, sharing their stories, sharing what they've gone through. And I'm as I talk to you, the caller, and this will be our final word here, you're now not just a survivor, but you're a victor. And you're now doing things inside of the movement to help with domestic violence. You're sharing your story. You are reaching out to those that are hurting, and pretty soon you're going to have you're going to have the, the the doors to be able to do that to the level that you want to. And I want to thank you for sharing with us today. And I want this very point I want to bring out is the fact that you talked about the fact that it's non-discriminatory. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, how educated you are, how many degrees that you may have. Domestic violence is, is an equal opportunity to store. And I thank you so very much for being with us tonight. I thank you. I definitely want you to be with us again. I want you to be able to share. And I have so many that are listening tonight that have been listening on the airway. I'm looking at our board. Uh, we have plenty of you that are listening tonight. And I thank you for listening to us by way of both phone as well as the Internet tonight. It has been a great show. And I'm so glad that you've joined us tonight. And I'm just going to say to you, continue to listen to Hope and Healing, A Journey of Wholeness. Share it with your uh, friends. Share it with your coworkers. Share it with those on your Facebook page. And until next time, 
This is J.R. Thickland, and I'm so very glad that you took the time to be with us here on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. You have a great day. Enjoy the rest of the evening. We look for you next week, same time, same station. We bid you a good night from all of us here at Soul of America Radio. Good night.